Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. So verse 9 of chapter 8, 2 Corinthians says this, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So my title here is Rich Man, Poor Man. So we could look at all that, and I have in a, in a few words, I've just gone round the houses at different pictures of this nativity story, right? But the New Testament is full of contributors to this Christmas account. And we can go to Matthew, and Matthew wrote of Christ, he is the king. Jesus Christ is the king, the one king of the Jews. He's, he shows this in the royal line of the genealogy that he uses. So that's what Matthew does when we, we read this nativity story. Luke writes about Christ, the Son of Man, born in a stable. It real, brings out the humanity of Jesus Christ. What does John do? John writes about the deity of Christ, doesn't he? And the word became flesh, didn't he? And dwelt among us. So, you know, John goes into the mystic, mystic, mystical background of it all. The deity of Christ. But I've read this verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, and we know that it was Paul, the apostle, that has contributed to those that writing. So Paul, what does he do? He condensed Christmas to one rich revelation. That's what he's done. The true cost of Christmas. Now, you know, some of you have bought me some lovely presents over the years, and I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. I've got one here. Look. This was a Christmas present about 10 years ago. And I know what Leo and Jen gave me that. And I still got it. It's a lovely bag. Thank you, Leo. And a Christmas present. What a blessed man I am to have such lovely friends. And Nika, the amount of shirts I've had from Nika, I can fill the wardrobe up. It's a lovely thing, isn't it? To give a present. I don't know what's going through your mind at Christmas time, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Sometimes you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can afford all of this. It's, it gets expensive. And I've listened to radio programs on Radio 4 um, called You and Yours. Um, someone, Robinson, I think her name is, 12 o'clock in the week, and they're, they're having all these Radio 4 programs about the cost of Christmas and how will people survive it financially because of the cost of living crisis. Did God worry? Well, may it's reading this book about we should not be worrying, we should be anxious for nothing, right? She mentioned it last week. 
But does God concern himself with the cost of Christmas? No. For God so loved the world that he gave unconditionally. Just He never hesitated. He knew our weaknesses. He knew that we were sinners gone astray, walking in darkness with, with, with a, a devil trying to destroy us. God gave the richest thing he could ever give. I mean, look, your mums and dads, look at Joey and Nika. I could ask them, would Joey and Nika be prepared to give one of their children as an offering for us lot? Oh, that's a hard one to bite, isn't it? Hey, it's, you'd have to sit down and think about it, wouldn't you? Shall I give Jeffro or Jezreel? They might have a fight about it. It's true though, isn't it? When we put ourselves into a difficult situation, and this must have happened in heaven, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost had to contemplate how to redeem mankind. Isn't it it's interesting? The true cost of Christmas, Paul says in this verse, We've got a rich saviour. He's rich. And this rich saviour, Jesus Christ, became poor. It's extraordinary. Why would somebody do that? Why would someone so rich and wealthy subject themselves to poverty? For our sakes. Why did he do it? So that we, and this is the truth, he did it that we would become rich. Thanks be to God. Let's have a look at what I can, how I can open this up to you. What the Saviour laid aside when he became poor. You know that song, and, and I know Jackie knows this song. I don't know if you all know it. I love singing this song. You laid aside your majesty, gave up everything for me. Remember that one? We used to love singing that, didn't we? Suffered at the hands of those you had created. Lovely song. Maybe we'll sing it one Sunday, yeah? So what, what the Saviour laid aside when he became poor? It says in the verse, it says this, Though he was rich, he became poor. And I, I've missed a bit out, but there's a dead of bits I'm focusing on. He was rich and he became poor. He, let's, let's consider some of these aspects. And I've been telling Margie this, and some of you might not even know yourself, that Jesus, the babe in the manger, he had a pre-existence as the Son of God in heaven. He was in heaven before he became a babe in this world. So, Isaiah, in chapter 6, verse 1, 2, 3, 
He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Who's he talking about? The Lord God, Jesus Christ, in his pre-existent form, in glory. The heavens were opened. So Jesus laid aside his majesty in heaven to come down to earth to be born as a baby. Isn't that incredible? Wonderful. He, I mean, look at the weather outside. Anybody want to have this meeting outside at the moment? I don't think so. I think you'd be a bit cross with me. The weather in heaven is perfect. They've got perfect temperature. They don't have storms. They don't have winters like this. You know, it's perfect. He gave that up to come and, and put up with our harsh weather conditions. You know, when they went across the, the lake and there was a storm, he, he had to tolerate bad weather. So he gave up this place that he's got or had in heaven, this perfect climate for what we have on earth. You know, there were times when he was sweating under the heat of the sun that he had to sit down at the well and ask a lady for a drink because his mouth was dry. So he gave up a perfect climate. He gave up a place of perfect citizens. Citizens in heaven that knew not sin. Right? He gave that up. To come and dwell with a bunch of sinners, such as us and others that he met when he was here on earth. He gave up a place of continued praise. Praise is going on in heaven, isn't it? Hallelujah! 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 Yes? The seraphim, cherubim, that were before the throne of God, singing... Yeah, so he gave that up, Nika, to come to planet Earth and to be born in that stable. He gave up, continue praise. And he also gave up the peace and the joy, a per perpetual peace in heaven, the tranquility. You know, we have this picture in our minds of, you know, like angels floating along on clouds playing harps or violins or whatever, you know. But it's a perfect place, a place of pure beauty. I mean, I like painting, and I, I look at paintings with vibrant colour. What are the colours like in heaven? You know? God, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave it up so that... He... Yeah. 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 And he says those things that he saw were indescribable, didn't he? Yeah. So it's incredible. Paul, you know, and you very rarely will ever meet a person who's torn between the two of dying and living. No one talks like that. We're all trying to hang on to life, aren't we? That's why you're a nurse. You're trying to look after people that are hanging on to their last breath. Trying to live as old as they can, like Daddy Bob, 90 years of age, and Paul's dad. 
But we want to be with the Lord, don't we? Whether we're going to be 50, 51, whatever. Anyway, let me look at, consider this. Philippians chapter 2, this wonderful passage. We read here, he laid aside his position in heaven, and it says here, 2 verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, this is where it says it, Margie, he was in the form of God in heaven, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. God made himself in the likeness of a man. The mind can't comprehend what God actually looks like. And men like Isaiah, when they saw him, or Daniel, they fell down as if dead. You know? Incredible. As I said, he left the he left the worship of angels. I mean, just consider that alone. If you're God in heaven, and you know you're in eternity, and all the angels are bowing down, and and you know the seraphim, God is so holy that they these six wings that they got, they got to cover their faces. You you've read that, haven't you? Because these are unfallen angelic beings. God is so holy that they themselves, and they know not sin, they've got to cover themselves because what they see in, from their perspective, God's so holy to look upon. Incredible. He gave that up to come to the stable in Bethlehem to be born there only, only for the innkeeper to say, sorry, love, look, we're full up, we're fully booked. You can't, you're not going to get in and have, sorry, Joseph, you know, you're not having the baby in this hotel. Well, would your heart sink? I mean, men, come on, guys. If your wife's about to have a baby and someone says that, are you going to get wound up? I've just walked 80 kilometers from Nazareth with the donkey and my wife who's about to give birth and you're telling me we can't come in because of the taxing, remember? That's a hard, that's a hard thing to swallow. And your wife is looking at you and saying, well, Joseph, you're the man. You know, are you going to put things in place so I can have a nice comfortable birth? Oh, look, I'll tell you what. The best I can do for you, the stable round the back with the donkey, the cow, who else? The sheep? Now, what you're saying, what happened that, to that moment, Jesus was rejected even the moment he was going to be born. And the thing is, Nika, when I said earlier, put yourself 
let's put ourselves in the position of one of the characters of the, the nativity story. How many of us are rejecting Jesus Christ? How many people do we know that reject Jesus and the, God, the nativity story? Because what they're doing, they're putting themselves in the position of the innkeeper. There's no room for this Christ Jesus to be born in this hotel. We don't want him in our house. That's what people are like. They're happy for the snowman. Don't forget the snowman. They're happy for the, the tinsel and the other things that go along with the world's version of a Christmas celebration. But they don't want Jesus Christ, just like the innkeeper. Sad, it's very sad. Some are, I mean, I, I look at it all around me and we all see it. People love Santa Claus. Oh, you've got to get your Santa Claus hat, haven't you? We could take one off the notice board. There aren't any pictures of any stables or shepherds or wise men on any notice boards. There's a snow, is that a snowman over there? Eh? That's what people want to see. But they don't want Jesus Christ. They don't want a stable in their front room to illustrate that they want to worship the Lord. Santa, snowmen and tinsel. And that, that that's what they want but they won't come to serve Jesus and, and get to know that gospel story. Let's move on. My next point is this. Why? Why the Saviour became poor? I've, I've always wondered, you know, that's got to be the hardest thing. If you're the richest person that ever lived, yeah, if you are the richest and you, want, you give it aside, to become poor, that's hard, isn't it? That's hard. Could you do it? He became poor, and the scripture says it, it says, for your sakes. That is how precious we are. That's what it means to Jesus. As rich as he was, for our sakes, he became poor. I mean, that's how much you're worth, that he's willing to give up his place in heaven just to come here to save your soul. You're precious in his sight. You are the apple of his eye. Anyone touches you, it's like poking, you know what it's like to poke your finger in your eye, anybody? Should we, should we test it out, Jeffro? No, it's too much, right? But that's what we are to God. That's what we are to Jesus Christ. We are the apple of his eye. You know, there's such lovely message that no wonder God wanted people to know. And, and who did they let know first? The shepherds. The shepherds must know. We must, got to tell somebody. Got to tell someone. And those shepherds were gripped when they saw the holy angels and they said, don't fear, don't, don't fear. Because everybody that sees someone that is without sin, we're all scared because it's that fear within us that, that causes us to tremble. And the wise men, 
where they came from, Iran or Baghdad, I don't, I don't know. But people speculate. They weren't astrologers. They were astronomers. The stars did not have an impact on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has an impact on the stars. You get people that are into like spiritual stuff, they say spiritual, but Jesus, we sing the song, you know, he, he threw the stars into space. And, and if any, um, Jeffro just got out, but I'm sure one or two of you could, could say, John, do you know what? Do you know how many stars there are in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere? You could quote billions or millions, or Dominic could do a Google. But I read in the scriptures the other day, I don't know what the passage was, but Jesus names the stars one by one. How can he do that? Because he created them and threw them into space. He knows their names. That's what I mean, it's incredible. And one of those stars, he used it to guide the, the wise men to where he was to be born or, or, or the house. Apparently he, he moved into probably the inn, I don't know, but, or a house because they went in a home to see him. So it's a little bit after the nativity event. But it was this glorious night. I mean, Stephen, in our home, the last two weeks, Maya and I, we've been listening to a concert every night. Every night! And well, I'm looking at me, she's looking at me, and Stephen, I mean, I don't know what the neighbours are thinking upstairs. Oh, holy night, the stars are shining. And he's singing like a proper concert, at a proper concert level. Isn't he, Maya? We went, we went on a drive yesterday, Singing two, two songs he was singing. We were repeating them. We've learnt them off by heart, haven't we? We were singing another song. It's not a Christian song. I said, why is he singing that one? And she said, he's singing that one to get his vocal cords at the right temperature or the right, um, warming up. He's warming up to sing Holy Night. It was a momentous event that writers, that poets, that songwriters have, have taken hours and hours to, to write a glorious carol to, 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 to think about the event itself. Silent night. Oh, don't you love it? Huh? If you don't love this story, come and see me afterwards, yes? Yes? Liam? Yes. And I've said of this already. The humiliation. You know, I'll tell you. When I was young, I was a tattoo artist, right? Doing tattoos on people. I used to walk around with a swagger. You know, I thought I was the bee's knees, right? I'm not doing that anymore. Now I'm cleaning toilets. I'm cleaning toilets in the community centre. Be careful what you say to me afterwards and say, John, that ain't clean enough or something like that. 
I feel, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm humbled. I'm humiliated. That I'm having to tell people I'm cleaning. Do you understand me? It's embarrassing. I'm 61 years of age. I should have reached the height of my career. I'm cleaning toilets. I'm careful how I say it to people, but I'm telling you, I feel humbled. You know, Leo, look, he's looking after the whole of Hemel Hempstead down at Urgent Care. I can look up to him. And same with Nika and Annie and, and your nurses, you know, doing a fine job. But I'm cleaning toilets. It's a humble thing. Jesus, the Lord, is God Almighty. He's God. And we read in John, we've said it already, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Can you imagine the angels looking over the precipice of heaven and seeing Jesus in a stable as a baby? Doesn't it say somewhere in the scriptures that they long to look into these things? Because it, it, it goes beyond the human or angelic comprehension that he should humble himself to become a man. You, that's really humble, that God himself became a man. And the angels are scratching their heads thinking, why is he subjecting himself to all of this? And you know, when, when that time in the garden, was it in the garden? Where they went to arrest the Lord Jesus? And he, um, Peter, you know, they just went into a panic, didn't they? And he took his sword out and cut someone's ear off. And Jesus said, hold on. Hold, behold, look, look. Don't you know I could call 12 legions of angels? Yeah? I mean, what could they do? They would destroy the earth. And and they were there at the ready to jump in to, to save him from 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 persecution, from crucifixion. They would have done it. They would have destroyed the world, the angels, just to show their allegiance to Jesus. But he didn't do that. For us, because of what the, the what we're worth to him, we're precious in his sight, people. We really are. Well, I'm precious, Hundley. Well, me and my friend does have, at my care home, we do a bit of cleaning. Oh, thanks, Liam. <laughs> and, All right. And it's a precious thing. All right, we'll talk about that after. We'll talk about it after. But he he humbled himself. And we read in that, that Philippians, Paul says, he became a servant. And because when we get a, an understanding of these things, we admire him, don't we? We admire him to think, wow, how could he do what he did? But he did it. He, the truth of the matter is this, he left heaven so that we can go to heaven. If he never left heaven, would we ever get to heaven? Would we ever, would, would we ever be Forgiven? Because we needed the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb at Calvary. If he never left heaven to come and demonstrate God's love to us, we'd be stuck here forever. 
But because of what he done, we can all go to glory. If any one of us should pass away, have an accident, yeah, or whatever, we know that God's going to take us straight to glory. Nick has already, I think it's Philippians 1.21 or 1.23. What else can I say? Well, I can say this. The innkeeper rejected him and his family, right? His mum and dad. He was rejected so that we will never be rejected. How wonderful. He was born in a stable so that we can be born by the Spirit of God. Oh, come on. It just gets better and better and better, doesn't it? Have we been born in the Spirit of God? Has God opened up the eyes of our understanding? If he has, we can just ask him in prayer and say, please, Lord, open up my eyes that I might see, like blind Bartimaeus. Yeah? And what did he do? Have your sight. He's willing to give us what we're after, what we need, to, to find out what our purpose is in this life. I mean, the scripture said in, Paul said he became a servant. Why? Well, it's obvious. So that you can become saints. He became a servant, we become saints. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I have to burst into a song. Joy to the hope, the Lord has come. Yes, let's get excited, people. He died for us so that we might have eternal life. Praise the Lord. Let me go to my last point and you can go and get your cup of tea. Eh? What the Saviour gives to poor sinners to make them rich. It says in that verse, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, it says that we might be rich. I love it. What are the great gifts from Jesus that we would be rich? Well, I'll tell you, this is fascinating. We give, we give presents, right? So that's one of my presents from Leo and Jen, my bag. Let's have a little look. God has given us gifts. I want to take the next five minutes or so just to consider some of those gifts. All right? Turn with me to Ephesians and just see in chapter 2, I will read to you that we have, now this might not be every one of us, and it's good to examine yourself. Have we got the gift of salvation? Yes. Verse, chapter 2, verse 8, I think. For it says here in my Bible, For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the... See? You, at Christmas time, and, and I'm going to... Adriel, hope you don't mind me saying your name. Maybe Linnell. Jeffro, Jezreel, 
can I ask you something? Christmas Day, when you get up, I don't know what the first thing you're going to do, but do you? I know you've got a Christmas tree at home. It's a very pretty one. Do you come down stairs, or even before Christmas? Because a lot of families, they put presents under the tree. Don't they? And even me, come on. I mean, I'm 61 now, and I'm looking at Paul, Joey, even you, Mick. Have you, before the Christmas morning, you've gone, you've gone round and say, how many presents are there for me? Oh? Annie? You've done that, haven't you, Paul? You've gone down the front room, maybe in the quieter night. When I was a little boy, we used to have chocolates hanging off the end of the branches, right? And you'd, I'm going to say, you'd nick a couple, wouldn't you? If you were anything like me, you'd have a few on the side. No one's going to know. Every day as Christmas goes along, the, the chocolates get less and less and less. Do you know what I'm saying? But you're always looking to see how many presents have I got. Yeah? So on Christmas morning, maybe that's the day that you get. But how many gifts has God given us? I'm just going to explain a few. And one of them is the gift of salvation. He's given it to us as a gift. Here's another one. Romans 6.23. Let's have a little look. Romans, oh, that's Corinthians. We have, according to this scripture... The gift of eternal life. Can you imagine that? 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's two gifts. We're happy bunnies, aren't we? God has given two gifts. Let's look for another one. What about Romans 5.5? 5? Go backwards. 5.5 5 says this, And hope make us, make us not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The gift of the Holy Ghost to our life. It's incredible. God has given us abundantly. What about this? The gift of peace. The Lord Jesus, in John's Gospel, John 14, John 14, 27, 15, 14. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the well giveth, giveth I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There another gift. How many people in this world want that gift of peace in their hearts? They've gone crazy. People are in prison. People are in a nut house because they don't have that gift of peace. And God is willing to give it to us. It's not, he's, God's not the one with the problem. It's the way that we respond to him. Maybe they're all innkeepers. They've gone crazy because they kept rejecting him. How about this one? 1 Corinthians 
this is this is getting a bit like trivial pursuit now, Dom, isn't it? Um, 1 Corinthians 15. Here's one for you. We have 57. Now, the, chapter 15, verse 57 says this. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me go back. 55, right? O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God has given us the gift of victory over death. I mean, it's getting there and there and there. Hey? What? If this Christmas, <clears throat> I mean, if this is a Christmas tree there, look, there was boxes underneath, all nicely wrapped up, and, you know, it's got our names on it, right? All our names are on them boxes. But there's these spiritual gifts inside those boxes. Would you be eager to open them? Or reject them? Fascinating, isn't it? The, the Bible clearly says that God gave us these things or they're gifts from God. How wonderful. You know, we this year, <coughs> Ephesians 3.20. Dom, do you want to put it up there? This is a lovely verse and we've sung it or we've said it a few times. Excuse me. <coughs> we said it a few times. And it, it's just got lovely words in it that he is able to give us abundantly more than we even ask him. If, if you want to ask God for something, he is willing. Is this it, Dom? Yeah. Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I mean, I've outlined a few gifts that the Bible says he's given us, he's willing to give us more. What a faithful God we have. Now, you know, are you, are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, everybody? Because if you don't, come. Come to Jesus Christ and receive these spiritual gifts that he wants to give us. Come to him. Don't don't live another day on this earth and say, no, Lord, I'll, I'll think about it when I'm 21 or when I'm 99 or something like that. Receive. Receive the blessing that God wants to give us. They're, they're the best presents we could ever want or ever need. He gives them to poor sinners. All we have to do is receive them. These rich gifts from God's hand. Should we delay? Should we put him on hold? I don't think so. Because all these riches can be yours today. By God's grace. Amen. Let's just call it Let's just pray. Lord, we, we love to 
think upon you. We love to dwell on you. We love to come into your presence. And we love to just worship you, Lord. We do worship you. We thank you. You first loved us. Even yet while we were sinners, you sent Christ Jesus to die on the cross for us. What abundant love. What abundant mercy. We, we, we fall on our faces in, in worship before you. We humble ourselves even in our prayers today, Lord. We humble ourselves in the dust as it were and say glory be to God in the highest. We thank you for these gifts. We thank you for this mercy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing that joy to the world again, yeah? Joy. Yeah? What you got? Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 1130 p.m. in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.